You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, wrestlers. This is Wrestlers, the 5e D&D podcast. We are doing any 5e books and talk about various roles and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about theater. Yeah. Insert. Hmm, what would be a theater sound? To be, I, I well, no, to be or not. Oh, wait, is Shakespeare copyright? Oh, no, it's got to be public domain by now. Yes, it's public domain. Public domain, yes. To be or not to be, whether it is nobler to weather the things and ever of outrageous fortune. What, what's that from? Um, Hamlet. Oh, right. That was yes. a thing. This I'm... may or may not come as a shock to you, but I am also somewhat of a Shakespeare nerd in addition to the oh, many other surprise, nerdy Remy. aspects of my personality. Big surprise, Remy. I am... I am. I can't even bring up a useful word in this scenario because uh, that's how stunned I am, man. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou shalt not, then I shall no longer be a captain. So, moving on! <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, in all seriousness, <laughs> Nathan, why might yes. theater be something important to Dungeons and Dragons? Honestly, no idea. Why do we put this in the freaking docket? God damn it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nathan, you are a cultureless swine. I am. <laughs> but <laughs> theater is a massively important aspect just of culture. So as part of all our culture series, it makes sense to discuss the use of theater in Dungeons & Dragons. So with that being said, Nathan, can you think of any times or situations in which theater might be an interesting element to add into a D&D game? Hmm. I think it could be pretty fun. Uh, it's honestly not a bad idea to use it to introduce certain aspects of your world in terms of its history. Um, it gives you perspective on what people find uh, fanciful or interesting in a world full of fantasy. And the big one is that, well, oh. it's a very, very fun way 
to uh, meet up with the rich and powerful, depending on um, the kind of theater it is. But typically, um, theater is often uh, frequented by the rich and powerful. So, Oh, really? Tell me, why do you think that? Because they're up their own asses. Yay. <laughs> okay. The funny thing is, though, you are partially right. But you are hey. missing a massive... Uh, where have I heard this before? <laughs> uh, every episode. <laughs> yeah. When you just pull something out of your ass and somehow get some detail right, but while still missing the main points. Exactly. <sighs> so let me actually backtrack a moment, and I'll just get back to the previous question in a moment. What is theater? It's a uh, it's a thing I used to do. Well, really? I don't yeah. know that. I'm a I'm hey, a theater kid. <laughs> but what is it? It's a place where it happens. Where what? Whoa. Remember, we are supposed to be an instructional podcast, right. an informative podcast. Okay, Use more so, words, please. A uh, theater is where a bunch of actors, uh, practitioners of the art of act, the, the acting, yes, you know, um, <laughs> typically act out um, certain things called plays, which are stories. Uh, I I don't know anything more, Remy. You got you gotta <laughs> you gotta help me, man. <laughs> All right, so I'm just gonna steal straight from Wikipedia for this one. It is a collaborative form of performing art that uses live performers, usually actors and actresses, to present the experience of a real or imagined event before a live audience in a specific place, often a stage. So, Some stoning may be involved. Uh, no. What? No. That's a different event. The stoning. Oh, that like was stoning. its own. Anyway, <sighs> another day. <laughs> Probably not. Hopefully not. You gotta write this anyway. down. Ah, oh, goddamn! Put it on the list, you asshole. Fuck you. In all seriousness, theater is and has been for literally thousands of years been a massively important aspect of culture. Because while nowadays it is seen much more as something just for the rich and powerful, that historically wasn't so much the case. Because Hundreds to thousands of years ago, there wasn't a whole lot to do in terms of entertainment. So having a traveling theater company or having, you know, a large city that's, you know, large enough to actually have a theater of its own was a big deal because that actually was something that, yeah, might be something for, you know, the rich to throw some influence around, but also actually was just an immensely popular form of entertainment for poorer people. And that's why, like, even nowadays, if you do go to the theater, there are considered, you know, like the nosebleed seats and the, there are just like the other less ideal seats, the pit where you might just classically have had a large number of people just kind of crammed into an area. A lot of people would just have the entertainment of theater. And even besides the, just the entertainment aspect of things, there's also, of course, the cultural side. Theater was something that was used to tell stories about real or imagined events, like I said a moment ago. So, in a high fantasy world like Dungeons & Dragons, it is, in my opinion at least, a massively underutilized art. So, with all that I've said now, Nathan, can you think of opportunities to use theater in D&D? Yes. Uh, 
it's uh here's the plot um that there there has has been uh sayings that uh during the the uh, moment where the main character gets murdered on stage an actual murder uh is about to take place and it's up to you and your party to stop it <laughs> well Okay, sure. You could absolutely use it as a plot hook for something directly related to a show. And honestly, even with that alone, there are actually quite a few angles that you could take. So yes, the you know fake murder becoming a real one on stage, and then uh, who done it? Why was it like accidental? Was a fake sword I mean, swapped out for a real one? Th- that's pretty much a classical mystery plotline. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah, but the thing is, tropes <laughs> exist for a reason. They work, and yet, even as easy as that was for you to come up with, when was the last time you actually saw such a thing done in a D&D game? Never, because I don't play D&D. <laughs> yeah, but you've also followed podcasts of other D&D games for years, and yet, that's something that very rarely actually comes up in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, y- But anyway, so right. let's even go, let's even go, like, continuing on with, you know, the murder at the theater angle of things just to explore that a little bit more in depth. So, okay, so there's the murder on stage, but then you could also do, like, the murder backstage. Like, maybe it's, you know, almost opening night for some, you know, big deal with a very, you know, important patron behind. And then, of course, this is something that could lead into patrons also, as we talked about. I I thought of a perfect idea. There's this guy, right? Uh, he's he's uh sit he's watching the play he's very important um he he's trying to stop slavery and then somebody kills him wow <laughs> that that's the that's that's the entire plot it's amazing never done before i think this will be a hit everyone will love it mm-hmm. yep in the future this guy might even get put onto money who even knows but yeah who knows two forms a coin and paper money once yeah, that gets invented exactly Nathan, why are you like the way you... No, no, it's best to not dive into that rabbit hole. Anyway. But yes, that is a type of story that you can tell. And just see either, do your players not get the joke? Or just to see if they're willing to just go along with such a thing and see if they can solve Lincoln. I mean, uh, insert nobleman name here. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Murder. Uh, But seriously, like, okay, even if you do treat theater more as like the high end version, like the way that you tend and most people honestly probably do think of such things. Okay, if a theater is a gathering of a lot of wealthier slash noble individuals that very well could make it an incredibly tempting target for ne'er-do-wells whether those ne'er-do-wells are the party or someone that the party is trying to defend against that that is a great idea let's say you're playing evil party or you're playing a good party Mm -hmm. uh what you could do is you could be like i mean it's very much a thing for theaters to catch fire i don't know why it's a thing but it's a thing so that could always be like a, a thing where in the ensuing fire, somebody goes missing, and then um, the reason why they go missing is because your party w- uses the fire to cause a distraction and then kills them or kidnaps them. It's great fun. They very well might. Or, you know, a less openly destructive version. Let's say that the party is trying to either get information or commit an assassination against some wealthy target. 
So then you have the whole, okay, we know that the nobleman is going to be in this theater at this time. So then you have all kinds of options for that kind of scenario of, okay, do we try to, you know, grab them as they're heading to you, the you shoot them Do we in try to, you know, sneak in? Do you try to wait for them on their way out? Like that kind of situation where there is a person of interest where you know where they will be at a specific time creates some very interesting potential storytelling and of course the different angles that you as a dungeon master can take with that how the player you know how your players can choose to approach that kind of situation it's really flexible so theater as a setting alone is something that can be enormously just valuable to make use of like just as a dungeon master just for the setting of the world however there is of course another aspect of things that to me, is the even more underutilized aspect of theater, which goes to what is one of the purposes of theater, which is, of course, to tell a story. So, in a D&D universe, history is usually a few thousand years, because you have elves that are, you know, generations of, you know, multi-century old beings, and then, you know, dwarves, of course, also have a relatively long lifespan. So known history in a D&D world is often, I, I can't say always, but often relatively well known. And mm-hmm. yet history in world is generally blank. It's something that most dungeon masters usually only like spoon feed to the party when there is something of consequence or relevance to the direct thing that they're doing. However, it is my opinion and my just suggestion really that i wish dungeon masters would consider more is to use theater as an aspect in your games to just put background information out there honestly i've seen this done before in like um video games and stuff Mm -hmm. where it could be interesting to do this maybe at the start of every new session where you have just like a little bit where you um describe a play going off somewhere in the world or something like that and or describe an event not necessarily as the event but basically you just use flowery language be like and so the young boy crept away from the burning building and ran off into the woods to find anyone who could help or or something like that right and curtains yeah so it's it's that kind of concept where every time like you can have it be a thing where you can slowly introduce certain elements of your world to your players through a certain like um concept like that where you just show show a bit of your world as a gimmick or as a, as a thing at the start of every mm-hmm. session at, or something like that but okay that's a rather heavy-handed way to do it so honestly there is a potential subtle approach that would be more my leaning for this which is the idea that most of the time when your players ask you to describe like what's around them, describe what is like the things of interest in a city, what kind of stuff do you usually tell them about? Uh, big walls, many, much people, uh, magic, magic, mm-hmm. cabbage cart. So yeah, there might be like an academy or some magic-y thing in a place or there might be you know uh, a particular pub that is well known somewhere like Giant or a temple beams. for example 
Those are the kinds of things that most DMs kind of default to when describing a new location. However, again, this is the this is the moment where I want you to consider adding theater as a thing to describe. Because again, most people, whether they're rich or poor, even in a D&D world, don't necessarily have that many entertainment options. So by making it a kind of background, wait, Remy, just real thing quick. in your world. Hmm? You're telling me that they, they can't just turn on the TV, watch some YouTube, you know, surf social media. Unless you're playing a modern D&D game, generally, no, they cannot. In Wait, fact, having, do those what things. did people do before, like, fucking radios and shit? Well, that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make here, is that people either had hobbies or just did things with friends or they worked. Imagine but, having friends. Um, I don't know. That's what I hear people do. Mm, very interesting. These humans. But anyway, you're tangenting. Right. Stop it. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make here is that theater is something that I say can and should just be in the background. Whether you want to treat that like there might be a flyer that the players just happen to notice. There might just be like it might just be like the casual thing that like you know, oh yeah, like in these different cities, you know, there just are theaters that just talk about like the, actually, uh, tangent on the tangent, mm -hmm. the kinds of things that can be a show is also just so very, very flexible on how a DM can treat such a thing. So for example, okay, uh, back at episode 100, uh, we had Jason Massey guest on our show. Jason is the only dungeon master that I know of who has actually made use of this. And that's part of why I love the guy. So he made in game there be a play taking place about events from the campaign a few years earlier. Ooh. So after they have a time skip and they have just lots of real world time pass by years literally have passed. And then he had a play about the events. And that's fascinating. I would say that's a really nice way to recap stuff and then play some jokes on like the, the implied history of certain uh, events. Yeah. So as just some more detail about what he did with that. So the, the character who was front and center for the events in question was a tiefling. And, you know, as Nathan does so Damn, very often tieflings. love pointing out, tieflings don't have the best reputation in most DD <laughs> worlds so then it created this kind of interesting moment of okay do they use magic to try to disguise someone as a tiefling but in the end they just go with uh red face tiefling makeup which mm. in game prompted a discussion of like oh that that's that's not okay but we, we're doing this but and it, it created a kind of interesting just morality discussion on how you would portray the other races in D&D &D in such a thing. But also going back to the idea of using theater to show historical events. But then, of course, you go back to the classic idea of history is written by the victors. So do you have plays portraying the same events in different cities from just alternate perspectives and just showing again how theater influences culture 
So if you have the same event from alternate perspectives, I bet if you show an elf and a drow conflict in different cities of drow and elves, oh, damn, I bet it's going to be, cool. be portrayed rather differently. <laughs> It's like, oh, they, they were awful, my man. <laughs> it was terrible. And the drow, ah, oh, that's so bad. It's like, it, back in Drow City, the elves took what was rightfully ours. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They just kidnapped us in our sleep and threw us in a hole. Those this assholes. Kind of rude. <laughs> and then the elves were like, those guys were ugly anyways. <laughs> <sighs> oh, like, it's entirely possible that, like... Just all of the bad reputation that Drow have is just, you know, elf propaganda. And, like, you could use theater as a way to show such things if you did, and, or just, you know, kind of mix things up even more. Imagine if you had, like, a traveling performing troupe of Drow trying to, like, just show their side of things. And then, like, let's just say they do that show in, like, a dwarvish or human-controlled area. Like, what would the response even be to something like that? And this is the kind of thing when I say about how you can shape the culture in your D&D world with such things. Because so much of theater is morality tales, historical tales, and just fun storytelling also. But all of those things do shape culture, whether it is traveling or just having a theater house. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. So I do want to now go more into those two particular things so nathan if you for example wanted to put a traveling group of players into oh uh sorry uh players is actually another word used for actors so but D D, so i'm gonna stop using that word because that will get more confusing than i just made myself <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so let's say you have a theater troupe that do travel around just in your world, Nathan, just mm -hmm. let's say, okay, there are, you know, Darst and Vetrum that we know about so far, but what kind of tales might be told if you had, like, Darstians decide, like, oh, there's a whole massive new audience for us. To Vetrum! 
And then, like, what kind of tales could you potentially tell? <laughs> to that. Ah, uh, that, that actually would be pretty cool because uh, what would happen is that they do. Here's the thing this group would probably paint the um, creation of the rift in very positive light because it's like, well, Blackthorn uh, saved us from the all the uh, devils and demons coming from uh, that conflict, right? And then killing all the people. And sure, people would be like, there w would be a lot of towns that would basically not take it too well. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly, because again, that was an event that caused massive uh, loss of light, life yeah. on Vetrum, and yet, yeah, having the kind of yay us mentality may not go very well in such a place. Indeed, but what I would say is that it would create this sort of situation where slowly but surely there would this information would slowly bleed out into the Vetrum, um, like Vetrum's uh, like knowledge and. Some people, like, there'll be small fractions of the population that'd be like, yeah, I totally get it, man. It was horrible, right? It was horrible, but I get it. They needed to do what they needed to do. And then, <laughs> you know, you, you can have, like, in real life, we have that. And hmm. that, that's interesting. And and you could create, like, this um, faction of people that actually support what happened, despite but, all the death, you know. <laughs> but the thing to also consider is, this is... For most Vetramites, uh, excuse me, Vitruvians, the only source of information they have as to what the fuck happened. So this is something that you as a Dungeon Master could play with because just how the perspective shows the events could be massively influential on the reaction. So as an example of just like what I mean by that, you could have there be a play that shows you know, horrible, just like demon, just demon badness, just so many Darcians died. And it was this valiant, you know, blind jump into the ether by Blackthorn that just caused this massive tragedy that the Vitruvians Damn, experienced. That, that is such a versus, nice way to put it. <laughs> versus the idea of, you know, valiant warriors holding back the demons and just to show, like, the timing of such things, the idea of it being desperation jump versus calculated move by Blackthorn creates a massively different interpretation on how such can be taken. Because if it is desperation, then, like, okay, Blackthorn was in a terrible situation but did the best he could. Versus if he was portrayed as this brilliant man that calculated every aspect of the jump to be like, and okay. considered it acceptable <laughs> losses that is acceptable is really <laughs> it's just a couple thousand hundred thousand deaths not not us <laughs> so, to go the scary thing to think about is that right. in a D, D world instant communication exists but for the most part isn't super common so most people will get their news from bards and traveling storytellers of one type or another. So if there was just some Darstian theater troupe that just chose to go to Vetrum to do such a thing, which perspective they put on can influence the entire fucking continent's 
take on what happened and how Darst got there and why all those Vitruvians died. So it could just be a bunch of asshole actors that influence fucking world politics. You know what? I, I, I really like that idea. <laughs> it's fucked up in just a way I love it. Yeah, I'm not shocked. Like, I, I would love to have that and then, you know, like, have the people who are angry over the situation look like a bunch of fucking extremists when, when they're the actual rational people. <sighs> and that's something that honestly just terrifies me to think about just in general of how people can just shape public opinion that way. But that is something that still happens to this day and has for the entirety of human history, unfortunately. But this is the kind of thing that I think about is how something that most people don't think about at all, and if they do, just put into the background of things, can have a massive influence on your world just by having the right people in the right place at the right time, you know, or wrong, depending on your interpretation, of course. And there is so much more that can be done with such things. So like I was talking about before of just, okay, so there's recent events, history, but then there's also morality tales. So like we have, you know, movies and theater and history about just all kinds of fiction because that is something that humans have done forever. So what type of fiction would exist in a D&D world? That is a massively open-ended question that does not have, like, definitive answers. That's just so, up to so you Remy, as DM. What's your mm -hmm. personal opinion on what uh, fiction would be like in a D&D world? So, one thing that's actually kind of interesting to consider, though, as far as I am aware, our world does not have magic. What? In D&D, magic may be more or less common, depending on the world, but it exists. It is known to exist. I mm -hmm. cannot fathom the effect that that would have on the idea of make-believe. Because we have so many tales about, you know, superheroes and powers and magic and just all of those things. They're literally genres oh, that mate, we have. I, I, I just realized something. Mm -hmm. Practically, it might just be uh, something of the opposite, where just like traditional medieval shit, like no no magic included, might just become the thing. It's like, in this world, there is no magic, and one man shall stand strong against an army. <laughs> you know, that kind of fucking thing? <laughs> it's like, well, one normal man shall stand against... <laughs> All these souls, Honestly, countless it numbers <laughs> of demons, dragons. Oh, this boy. one man shall take them all down with no magic and no powers. Uh, honestly, there's probably a lot more of like the asshole wizard as the antagonist in a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah I bet. <laughs> like, it's like a fucking the wizard idea of living in a world where asshole magic users can literally mind control you, incinerate an entire city oh, block. That is... Like, there's probably a lot, actually, of fictional stories of, you know, the normal person triumphing <laughs> yeah, over the evil magic user. Here's a fucking user. funny thing uh, about this. Essentially, their main superhero character would 
mostly just be Batman, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> because all of all of their heroes would be, oh look, this guy who is the epitome of uh, a person who doesn't use any magic, um, kicking all the ass, <laughs> taking, taking, kicking all the ass, taking all the wins. It very well may, and that's another <laughs> way that you could also just show the culture of an area, because again, assuming that the world has theater, then different places will have different opinions and cultures and just thoughts on such things. So imagine, okay, so sticking with the idea of a traveling troupe, let's say that let's say that you you have a world with that just has like one city that is just where the magic academy has been for centuries and centuries so just over that time just the entire city has just become a very just high magic place and that just from there you might have you know other magic users scattered about the world but that that city has the most like magic users per capita just because that's where the academy is so you might have a lot of stories that come from there that are like magic yay. But then imagine if you do have the traveling troop come into that city and then all of a sudden they're telling the Batman type story of like, fuck you, magic users. And it's a, an audience full of wizards. <laughs> like it may I not mean, go so well in such a place. Mate, no, no, like I, I just find it so interesting now because you, you, you would have all those stories, right? And I, I like... So, you were talking about magicians and stuff, but let's say there's a different country, and um, this one's a very they hate magic. In fact, they're, mm -hmm. they're effective, effectively magical luddites, right? They they go out their way to like fucking crush it, right? But you just go and bring this play there, and it it, hit, it really hits it off, and then just wait a couple years down the line, it just becomes one of the major things uh, of their culture because they, everyone just loves it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. And again, like this is the, exactly what I mean by saying about how theater can influence culture, because there are just all of these potential tales to be told. So let's actually uh, just move on along, though, to, OK, how do you actually use the theater in your game? So we talked about the traveling troupe a lot, but let's also just do a quick mention of the theater house. So let's say that there just is a large city that just has a permanent theater building or auditorium or some such place. Okay, let's say that like there is a capital city that is where like your player's home base is. Like it is absolutely within your abilities as a dungeon master to just say, okay, the way that I'm going to treat this every month in game time, there is a rotating show. And then that means that you as the dungeon master could choose to make a list of 12 shows. And then that gives options to just mention in passing. Oh, yeah, you know, you are back from your previous mission. Uh, you notice that there is a new flyer up for the new, you know, Bernhardt play and like, oh, wow. OK, cool. So uh, that's that, you know, Druid playwright. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, neat. OK. And it's just like it's it could be something that's just kind of casual in the background. It is something that your players can choose to poke or not. It can be a setting for just events like we talked about earlier. There are so many ways that you can choose to treat such a thing. So on the topic of the actual shows, though, I just mentioned the idea of coming up with 12. That is kind of a lot. And of course, me being me, I'm sure you can guess that I already have more than that. But that's me. 
for normal human beings, if you just come up with like four, just the idea of four kinds of shows that could just be in your world that you could choose to just mention in the background or just pull out of your pocket if it should just come up more directly. So you can just have something like one historical event. Uh, maybe have one be something that it's like sponsored by the Temple of Petra. And it is just like some, you know, religious focused tale of like, you know, the the gods will provide or so, like just some, you know, religious themed show, whatever that, you know, is relevant for your own world. You, know, you could do just just a couple of things. Just have a general, you know, morality tale. Just something like. You know, there are there may not be, you know, everyone in the world may not be the best person, but, you know, if you just keep your chin up, it'll be OK in the end. Like just have like that kind of inspirational story. And then you can just have a comedy, just something that's just silly. Like, could you imagine the kind of like slapstick humor and just entertainment that can be had with magic? Because that's another thing that I do think is worth consideration. Magic for the sake of special effects. That would be amazing. And if you also consider, okay, so warlocks have an invocation to let them cast illusion indefinitely, just using their action without using the spell slot. So then all of a sudden, you don't have to worry about spell slots. So, and of course, this is me, you know, not choosing to just hand wave for rule of cool sake. Mechanically speaking, there are ways to just make it work. So this can be done by level one characters, theoretically. So you could have people that just make a warlock deal and then make the choice to go into, you know, acting or theater in the background even. And that actually could also be a story in its own right. Because imagine, you know, someone makes a deal to become a warlock. However, they decide that, you know, fighting and killing and like the classic adventurer route isn't to their taste or maybe like on their first adventure it did not go well and maybe you know some members of their party died so they just chose that to not pursue that life if you made the choice to have more active patrons in your world that'd be a kind of fucking cool story if you like let's say you have a warlock of the fiend pact so you have a demon lord that's definitely not gonna waste their time on this level one asshole but might send like an imp or just some small type of, you know, demon or devil or whatever to try to kill this guy. And then you can have like the party as like the bodyguards to try to take this demon out before it's able to kill the warlock in question. So even besides just the use of magic for special effects, just the existence of such a thing can also be used for story. <sighs> in summary, Theater is so actually, wait, no, let's not wrap up yet. Fuck that. There's something else to mention. We've mentioned just the use of theater in the background of the world. However, it can also be more active. So the one that we were talking about that Jason Massey made use of, he had his party be the people in the play showing just, <laughs> just a very kind of funny script, honestly, that he had come up with to talk about the previous historical events talking about making use of magic for the sake of effects, talking about how good the performance actually is. You know, there are a lot of charisma-based skills that you could use for such things. And there 
could just be a really fun situation to play out because like I was talking about at the very start of things, I myself am a theater nerd and the idea of a DM just kind of handing a couple of lines and just say, you know, read this in your most just over the top snooty accent can just be really fun. And that, as always, is the goal in the end. So whether you use theater for the sake of world building and influence of cultures in your world, or whether you do decide to just use it for the sake of a goof, it can be a valuable and fun addition to a Dungeons and Dragons game. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.